0: you pass me that weenie roaster? Pardon? Yeah, you know. That thing over there. Oh. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Thank you. Jason and I are on the outskirts of town, and we're uh, doing a little bit of overlanding.
1: It's a campsite. I can see a Circle K from here, and we took Chad's Corolla, so...
0: We're unwinding under the stars. A digital detox. You ever just think about how the peak... technology now is just endless feeds of stuff for people to scroll. Are we out of marshmallows? Everybody goes home at the end of the day and just scrolls. Facebook, TikTok. I've done. it. Never mind. We all spend our days just scrolling algorithms. What other people want us to look at. My money don't jiggle jiggle. You know what I need to do? I bet we could unplug from all the algorithms, Jason. Overlanding? No, no, no. I mean, build our own algorithms. Oh, wow our own feeds of the stuff we actually want to listen to and consume. Like s'mores. Yeah, 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 like s'mores. But you get to pick what's in your feed. Set up the channels you want, You follow those, and the only stuff that gets in there is what you want to see. No distractions.
1: Teach me, Davis. Where's my laptop? I think it's in the Corolla. Welcome to the 21st century. Flying cars? We're still working on it. Anti-aging? How about injections instead? Hot dog toasters? Actually, we got that one and they're pretty good. It only took 6 million years on Earth, and humankind's technological development has led us here, a scrolling feed of fart jokes, life hacks, and twerking. So how do we put the genie back in the bottle? How do we get back to consuming the important things? Let's build our own feeds, this week on Automation Town.
0: Brilliant intro, Jason, brilliant intro. We're here because there's just too much in this world. There's too much data, and I I think... Everybody has felt it.
1: Let me just cut right in here. You know how people say, whoa, the access to information today is like never before you can just look it up on your phone. That's not what people are doing. They're sitting there looking (laughs) (laughs) at stupid stuff they would have never otherwise seen. They're not learning anything.
0: 17 renditions and remixes of My Money Don't Jiggle Jiggle. Right. That's what we do with our time. So what if we didn't, and we could actually curate what we see? Is it too big of a task? That's a bold proposition. Will it ever work? Uh,
1: yeah, no, let's yeah, let's fight back the tide of human consciousness here in
0: this 30-minute episode. Okay, good. All right. So what prompted me to to sort of think about this one is we're always saving stuff, but never going back and looking at it. Oh, How baby. guilty are you of that? Oh
1: baby, you should see my Insta paper. It's it's a brilliant collection of things that I've never read. <laughs>
0: So today, I was thinking like, what if other people could have access to that? And you didn't have to do anything. You just shared it and sold it. That's one way of doing this.
1: I already do that. I've got a newsletter.
0: Okay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) So I totally read all those things. uh Uh Um, Yeah, there's another episode of how Jason curates his newsletter through AI. Where were we, Jason? We were at Curated Feeds. So... I'm guilty of it too. Uh, remember Pocket? Did you ever use that? Yeah, like it's yeah. like just like Instapaper, right? Yeah, I guess. Or like Evernote, like it's the browser Chrome extension app thing. You just save things to send things to. Yeah. It's it's the thing you go back to never, but you always send stuff to. You feel so altruistic doing it, and just you never use it. So I was thinking, like, okay, what what could we do where we know we saved it for a reason, and maybe we don't want to be bothered with it for every day or every week, but what if we could digest all this or create a feed where it existed and we could consume it whenever we wanted it to? So things like, hey, I'm going to save these things. Show me this in a month with all the other things I saved for the month. Let me just see again if it's really important enough to deal with it, but never show it to me again. Unlike the 4,000 items that are in your pocket or Instapage database.
1: Yeah. So what's the meaningful departure of what Pocket or Instapaper, you know, already does. How do we how do we actually get my brain to actually go back and consume that stuff?
0: I mean, you can tell me a little bit of Instapaper. I'm not a user, but I have used Pocket. It's like, sometimes the data that you want to be shown later isn't just articles. And it's not just news feeds or something. It might be the tweets of one or two people that are really important to you that you may forget to go to. But you just like, hey, send me a digest of this person's tweets for the last two weeks or or month that might be good. And if you think about like the world we live in, there's, I don't know, what's the largest dumpster fire of a social network that you can think of for content right now? Oh, F book. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's actually the best name I've heard for that yeah. friend face, but F book is better. Yeah. There's just all these things that you possibly like digest and send to yourself. So like recipes, but the problem with recipes is that you essentially need a degree in pop-up blocker management and patience in order to use them.
1: You got to cruise through the first 1200 words. Uh, before
0: you get to the recipe. Watch this ad before you can candy crush the next episode to get the last ingredient. It's brutal.
1: So it sounds like what you're talking about is more than just a web clipper. Instapaper exactly. is basically a web clipper. It gives you a pretty version of the article you're looking at. You can clip tweets, but you have to actively like click on every single one that you want to clip.
0: Yeah, like what if you just want to be reminded of people's birthdays? Now, throw back to the first second or third episode whatever it was of like birthday reminders and sending gifts mm. that's one thing that's good but what if you don't want to send gifts and you just want to be like hey whose birthday is coming up in the next 2 weeks let that be the feed that like comes into your life i like conceptually love the idea of controlling what comes into front of my face on a yeah. phone if i'm like curating it and it's important to me would i still look at all the other stuff probably But if I knew that the stuff I sent to Instapage or Pocket or Evernote or the stuff that was sitting in Airtable or some other database would then be presented to me however I want, and maybe based by category.
1: I was going to say, so thinking down the path of like, okay, we're creating our own feeds here. And you're talking about birthdays, like a lot of things beyond like interesting article. Does it make sense for this to be like a single feed? Is it multiple feeds that I engage with in different contexts?
0: I think it could be... Whatever you want, and I think the power of this whole conversation is that you build what's important to you. So I was thinking something like business personal. And the reason why business personal came up was because in one of the other episodes we recorded, you talked about selling a digest of important information to your customers. Well, this could be that too, right? In your episode, you talked about using pushover, right? To send push notifications over there. Well, what if it was... Not mission critical, but it was just something that they subscribed to. And that's what they wanted. Could be your business too. Like maybe different people want different things. So, quick, uh, you know, examples of things that we're talking about here could be, you know, I used Twitter before because that's kind of fun. Uh, But like maybe just the contents of a list, a daily summary of the activity that went there or a weekly summary. Say you liked a tweet or bookmarked it. You know, you can use the online bookmarking tools that some people pay for or free you could just send a link to yourself you could you know like it you could do whatever and then set up automations to like digest these later there's all kinds of stuff here and we'll go through that kind of later but I think this idea of controlling the narrative of your notifications is pretty interesting and before we get into the build into like why we're doing this kind of stuff throw it back to you how does this land in that area of like is it even worth getting on to your radar like do you care about stuff like this and if you do how would you approach it
1: yeah i mean i think i appreciate that it's more abstract than a web clipper so it's not just articles it's not your reading list that's kind of how i treat those extensions is like here's a reading list and i'll get to that reading list someday or never or never but i definitely like the idea of Thinking through different contexts in which a particular feed may be helpful, but then also maybe even extending those feeds to other people where there may be value to like, my, my mind goes to a bunch of different things, business applications, where you have crossover from clients, and maybe they want to subscribe to this thing to my personal feed to my business feed to like, even my own kind of personal feed of the things that are happening inside of my business, be it from a project management system or email, or like, I'll be honest, I have, because I haven't thought down this path very much, I'm kind of overwhelmed because we honestly, like, we're trained to rely on other people to make the feeds for us, right? Mm-hmm. And turning that on its head and thinking about how I would design my own thing from scratch. I haven't thought about that before.
0: The Rotoration Town Paradox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think where you were going with this was like, how could what I build be useful for other people outside of just me too? And my, my head went there too. So things like, how many people here like post, <laughs> here is between me and you, do you post things to Facebook just because you know that's where like Aunt Girdle is? And she's the only one that uses Facebook, so you want them to see pictures of little Lucy.
1: I don't. Does anyone else here do that?
0: <laughs> no, I don't even have a Facebook account. <laughs> but you th- you do curate some things, right? You text photos to some people because you know they're not on Instagram. Some people you Instagram direct message. Some people put their Twitter or their Instagram to private. Who else has like, I mean, I don't, but you know, separate private accounts for certain things, like their alter egos of what they're posting through. Like there's just too many mediums to share certain things and they're kind of limited. Like family updates, a feed for the family, but like it could be updates where other people are, you know, trained to send stuff to an email address. And like that is the feed and you could build an app on top of that where, you know, you are a user of that feed and you can decide how you want to get notified. Whether it's through pushover or through email or SMS or whatever, but like it's possible you could do this for your family and have... You know, everybody getting what they want and you could share stuff and it, you know, it would be updated within a minute or two. That's kind of interesting. And I wonder if there's already tools and stuff out there for it, but it's a lot of effort. And like there's a reason we haven't built this or even thought about it because it's kind of weird and kind of too much work to make it happen. I just never I never thought about this idea of a feed because the way that we're sort of growing up right now is that you're using the air tables of the world. You're databasing some stuff, but There's so much disparate information and Chrome extensions and other tools that, I don't know, I wasn't conditioned to be in the mood of curating data of all different types into one place and then like reading it or getting that digested. So as soon as I started thinking of like birthdays and important events, they realized I didn't have to live in my calendar to get that stuff. Like I could get that alongside of, I don't know who popular food blogger is but like a food blogger who you really respect that doesn't have a thousand and two different ads on their thing and you want you actually want to be notified the next time they have kale dishes that pop up and with the power of like feeds and curating this stuff over time you might be pleasantly surprised to read your once a week or once a month digest of all this stuff that's coming through so i thought i'd take you through that but before i kind of show you what i did on the build any technologies or thoughts about how you would build something like this?
1: Um, it smells like RSS feeds, but I would be the first person to admit I don't know what the tools are these days to manage and consume RSS feeds. Like I've used Feedly, which is like only really works great with like web links in my mind. I haven't used it in as ambitious of a way as I think you're talking about it.
0: You hit the nail on the head, and I first off didn't know how to create an RSS feed outside of yeah, I just didn't know how. So when I started looking at this, I was like, oh, you can do that in Zapier. That's pretty easy. Oh, you can do this through some extensions of Airtable. Cool. So it's like okay thing to do. It's not overly complex. But the problem was the reader, and like RSS has been around for a really long time. Right? It started in Netscape back in like 1999 or something. Went through a rebrand in like 2002 when like the New York Times started. One of the first main news RSS feeds. And it got another rebrand mid 2000s and like 2008, 2009. It was like now it's the version it is today with like the 2.0 stuff and like really, really detailed information. And people are like like pretty happy with it. Wasn't there
1: a really popular reader that got shut down at some point and everybody has been out of shape about it?
0: Yeah, it was. Google Reader <laughs> it was like the most Google popular Reader. one. <laughs> yeah, so they shut that down, but it like started to get built into browsers. So like Firefox, Safari, it was like legit and it was the thing. So I guess before we go into this a little bit, like RSS stands for really simple syndication. For those like of you that are familiar with how web pages work, typically built through a markup language called HTML. And, you know, when you start learning how to do that, you know, you're like close brackets, italic, uh, paragraph, break, like all that kind of fun stuff is, is kind of how I started with it. But you never really got into the depth of what an RSS feed uses, which is another markup language like comparable to HTML, which is called XML or extensible markup language. So XML is a lot more structured, right? So you think podcasts and news feeds, there's titles and descriptions and URLs and all this other kind of stuff and for you know the heyday of this the 2000s and then early 2010s there were readers just like you said jason all over the place and it was like cool to have an rss reader i will never call myself cool but i had a razor phone you know the green razor phones from yeah. 2000 yeah. and like there was an rss reader on it and you're like wow this is cool like i get the news <laughs> in a format that doesn't take 44 days to open hmm. Did you have any sort of early experience with RSS?
1: I think I used the Google Reader briefly, but never practiced the level of hygiene to make it that helpful. I wasn't like actively managing that to pull through the stuff that I actually wanted to. And I've done the lazy normie thing of falling back on big tech to make the feeds for me.
0: Yep. It's just like, it gets you like halfway there. It's not quite what you need. So I think we live in a world right now where we have control over that feed. Because the feed can come into Integra Matter Make. The feed can come into Zapier. The feed can come into your own app if you're designing it in Bubble or some other type of you know app builder. It is now in our control. So why not take a feed and send an email digest? Why not send a feed and filter out the ones that are important to you and you SMS it to yourself or you text it to yourself? Why not have one branch of a route on one of the automations for Girdle who only looks at Facebook, right? Send it to her Facebook feed, send her a Facebook message, whatever it looks like. And now that last missing piece is here. And that's what kind of got me excited about it, even just thinking about it. And it hits to your point, which you just mentioned of like, yeah, too much work. Last missing piece? I mean, <laughs> It's kind of like the theme. <laughs> okay, so... What can you do with RSS feeds? I mean, this is a stretch to make this super interesting. There's a few things. I personally use RSS feeds for things like when services go down, accounting systems, project management systems, things like Dropbox and Box. They all have status pages, which you can subscribe to. And when you have that in your feed, you can throw that sort of right into Slack and use it. So we do that for all the stuff. We know when things go down, if they're honest about it. You could do things for watching web pages and if they're on WordPress or some other thing, you could create your own feed based off of their blog or their team page or something like that and be notified when something changes because you've created a feed for it. Podcasts. Your podcast app is nothing more than an RSS reader with some fancy UI in front of it. Spotify is a little different with the way they deal with RSS, but that's what podcasts are. All of the major sites on the internet have RSS feeds like Reddit and whole bunch of other ones so you know youtube twitter you can do what you need to do to get that information and then filter it as such i kind of made a a test jason on your your review newsletter to
1: oh. see if i could
0: see if i could turn that into an rss feed oh. so now i can like unsubscribe from your thing to get your countdown lower and still get all the stuff and then i can put it into Airtable and have all the stuff <laughs> without it needing to be in my email <laughs> subscriber counts going down, mister. Yeah, it is. Uh, So like, yeah, there's like stuff like that that you could do and pulling at straws here to make this interesting. Sending out email newsletters to someone can be based off of an RSS feed. So the newsletter for this podcast uses mail or send and it will go through and just say, Hey, for the last post, Send out an email, you know, a couple hours after it gets published and we don't have to do a thing. It just generates it itself and you're good to go. Do you use RSS like this in anything that you do?
1: I'm not using RSS anywhere. We do a lot of like logging of stuff in Airtable, but nothing that's like actually RSS.
0: So examples of things like the Onion has an RSS feed, right? Throw that in for some funny news. Board Panda, like the funny site that's been around for so long. TechCrunch, YouTube, it's there. So it's like, okay, if these are some of the things that you can do with RSS, why consider this versus just leave it alone? I guess that's what we talked about in the first part of the episode. So if you made it this far, and it's still somewhat interesting, I think what we'll, we'll do for the last part of this is to actually take all that data, put it into Airtable, create a bunch of different types of views or tags, and then send it out right actually build this thing and 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 show you how to create the feed it shouldn't take too long before i get into this is there any riveting questions about rss or observations curious, you want to make
1: you like mentioned in passing like forking this rss feed for girdle yeah i'm curious how you can contextually grab different bits of the feed and like use them in different situations
0: okay so we've talked about that we've talked about like the custom automations to each group. And if we're using Airtable here, we're doing it because it's what we're familiar with. There there could be better database tools to put this stuff into, but we're we're kind of all getting more used to Airtable. So the concept is very straightforward. There is a table and everything that you're pushing into Airtable from your sources, wherever they're coming from, are being either tagged appropriately through Airtable automations, either ahead of time or in an automation after the fact. There is like legitimate issues of why you can't use Airtable to share this information out without Girdle. You could have like shared views, but are they really going to just click a link and watch for that thing? Probably not.
1: Yeah. And even then, like, how do they like resolve items that are coming through the feed so that they're no longer there, right?
0: That's right. And it's like, do you want to digest it? Do you want to like run an automation to send an email to old Aunt Gerd. It's kind of, I wouldn't say it's limited because you can still do a whole bunch of stuff there. But the idea of, you know, putting this into an RSS feed is the topic of the show. So that's where I kind of want to go from there. Once it's into Airtable, you essentially could have different views for the different types of data, whether it's business personal, whether it's news, weather, birthdays, etc. You could have a all, right? You could have it tagged by person so that that person had their own feed. And now all of a sudden you have that curated data source by whatever that you can then send out as a feed and then make your automations based on that feed. You know, the other things, and I touched on it really quickly, but like tide and weather alerts. We're spending the summer here next to a surf beach. And I don't surf, but my daughter does. And she wants to know when like low and high tide is. She wants to know the wave depths. And... Like there's APIs out there that we can throw this stuff into Airtable with, and then she can be notified the night before, before she goes to bed, if she's going to be surfing the next day. Weather alerts, wind alerts, like just all kinds of stuff that you can throw in here. Website summaries, visitors, you know, summary of website visitors.
1: So the function of chucking all that stuff in Airtable is so that you then have the different views. And then can those filtered views of the records in there be used as RSS feeds?
0: That's right. Here's where it goes here. So I found two different ways to actually create the feed. So you've got the data in Airtable, you've got the views by whatever, by topic, by whatever we just talked about. And then you've got, you know, the system to create RSS feeds. So the first system is one called Mini Extensions. Mini Extensions like the OG add-on to Airtable that allowed you to do some stuff outside of it that Airtable wouldn't let you do. I know you're familiar with that one. We've talked about it before, too. The problem with the Mini Extensions RSS creation is that they've sunsetted it. or maybe that's not the right term, but they don't care about it anymore. They're not actively developing it. And if it breaks, it breaks. So it's hard to like justify that. But Zapier has RSS by Zapier. So with RSS by Zapier, you're actually able to create an item in a feed. And when you create an item in a feed, it will get sent to wherever you need to send it within a 30 seconds or a couple minutes, depending on where things are going. But it's a nice way to add something to a feed And then once you're ready to sort of run that feed through another automation, you've got everything that's in the view. You can also, of course, do things that if something gets updated in Airtable or whatever, you can create some automations around that to update the feed item if you needed to. But that's probably the way that I would go about creating the RSS feed is is by using the Zapier side of things. I'm not a big Digest by Zapier user. There's kind of something similar to this, but what I like about the RSS feature is that you can have a lot of control over that feed. So some things could go to Slack, some things could get posted to a Twitter account, some things could be texted out just based on the the filtering in the feed. Some things could get pushed to pushover, like we talked in that last episode. Some things could get physically mailed out. <laughs>
1: <to that. laughs> fact. So when we're or talking fact, about yeah. when we're talking about the things that are going into the feed and putting all sorts of different types of things in the feed, does RSS have like an agreed upon data structure?
0: Yeah, and d- different people put different things in it, and that's why it's important to use like the most common things, like title, description, right. URLs, images, that kind of stuff. The more you have in it. The more you'll probably confuse some of the readers. But if you use like the standard ones, you're good. A lot of people will take that additional information and include it in a link. So maybe the link is a link to something you've created for the view, whether it's the data in Airtable with another link or a page on your like family feed page or something. You can do a lot of, of complicated stuff with it if you want, or it could just be the link to the recipe with no ads on it. Hmm.
1: So your workflow is you're piping these things into Airtable, you're using Airtable automations that trigger when there's a new record to tag these however you want them tagged. And then is it being pulled out into Zapier? Is that what you're doing?
0: Yeah, I'd say in Zapier, you're watching a view, right? So as an item comes into a view, look at this. Okay. And then add it to the feed. And then you've got other automations running where you're looking at the feed. So the way i was thinking of this is if this is the hey the personal summary thing that i want once a week before monday starts that's it and maybe it runs only on a certain like business topic but the personal one runs once every 30 days it's on a different schedule and it uses the tag and the date range has to be for the last 30 days and it has to be tagged as personal and it can't be The thing I've already sent over to Gertie or whatever it is. So you could do whatever you want that way. And I think that's the key to all this. Like, if we're going to try to make RSS even remotely interesting, you have to have this like granular level of control over what you want to do. And of course, there's other ways to use APIs and tools and like really techie stuff. But if you told somebody, hey, this is like a really important thing, just email it to this one place and like the whole family will get it like every Sunday night or something, great you could do that if you really wanted to
1: yeah the value to me of rss is like it's a common language that you've got an ecosystem built around already so like if you're pulling stuff off of sites you've got a way to do that automatically that not reliant on screen scraping or anything fragile like that and then on the reader side you've got a whole bunch of different ways to consume that stuff as it comes in are
0: we going to get to readers what are we putting gertie on i think that's the power of this you don't put gertie on any reader you send gertie what she wants to be sent
1: in a channel she's already loving.
0: Yeah, it could, be like like <laughs> it could, it could be a text
1: message or something like that.
0: Could be a text message, could be Facebook. Like it, it, I think that's what we're trying to say here with this episode is RSS is no longer bound by old readers that sometimes you have to pay for in order to get to work and sometimes it's all just feed stuff. You can now control it this way by taking the power of Airtable and formulas and automations and then doing something with it keep coming back to family, but there could be a commercial aspect here too. What if you wanted to sell a list of, I don't know, things that you do or write or whatever, and you don't want to use Substack or something? You could let people subscribe to this using like Stripe payment links, and you could generate different feeds that get syndicated over this. It's kind of like what private podcasting uses. There's all kinds of stuff you can do, but even as I say it, I'm not gung-ho on RSS. <laughs> I just wanted to try something to like get a bunch of different things into one place and see if it could work. And theoretically it could.
1: Yeah, if you're going to build your own feed of something as an alternative to the algorithm... To scrolling Facebook, something like that. Like, in my mind, this is still the way to do it. It's your way of building your own equivalent of that. You can connect it to things automatically. It's a combination of stuff where, like, I could still clip stuff with Instapaper and that could go in there, in addition to getting me all the stuff coming out of a specific YouTube channel or a highlight of this person's tweets every month, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Like, if you're building your own equivalent of the algorithms that we're sitting on all day long, like, this
0: is the way to do it. Mm One of the things that, like, I was trying to do in the early days of like Slack was, you would add RSS feeds to like a certain channel, and that channel would be like your medium. And then if you wanted to post other things like emails about something, it could go into that channel too. So it's kind of like working along that way, but with so much more filtering and flexibility versus just like throwing things in Instapage like you're doing now too.
1: Yeah. So like right now, I'm paying every month for a list of funded startups from around the world. So like every week I get an email of like 60 different startups that have been funded from around the world. Like that's something Mm -hmm. you could absolutely sell through an RSS feed. Our team is trying to get into the habit of sharing helpful articles that they've gone through when they stumble upon something that's interesting. That's absolutely something that could have its own kind of shared RSS feed where everything that gets dumped into there gets published maybe to Slack or something like that by default,
0: but people could also consume it somewhere else where they want to and like some of this stuff feels like it's just more work where you could just paste the thing in so there's got to be some level of like some benefit to putting this effort into creating this feed
1: I think it's the combination of fetching stuff automatically like that's Mm -hmm. the main win is you don't have to then manually do it but then you can also still manually pipe stuff in if you want to so like you can get all this stuff automatically while still having the functionality of Instapaper Pocket
0: okay let's take this home feedback time Feedback time. Feedback time. (laughs) Feedback time. I kind of know how I feel about this. I'm I'm a little on the fence. You
1: can't give feedback on your own episode, Chad. I give feedback. (laughs) Okay, Okay, you give feedback.
0: No, okay, no. I, 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 yes, I'll take your opinion here. So I'm half and half. I think that if you have enough reasons to consolidate something, and it's going to save you time, and you can think of three or more things that you do on a daily or weekly basis that you like would like to consolidate, it's probably worth looking at because you're going to gain skills in how to create RSS feeds. You're going to gain more skills on like Airtable filtering formulas and automations and views and how it works with Zapier. It's like a, just sharpening your skills. So maybe you start with something like, hey, these four people on Twitter, I really don't want to miss What they're tweeting, but I just don't want to create a list or something like that and like remember to go into Twitter and look at that list. Maybe I just want to see what it is and I can sort their tweets by number of like likes or something like that. So it's at the top. I also want to know about upcoming birthdays for the next two weeks and that would be really nice. I definitely want to know about like the rain that's coming up over the next week without me having to remember to go see the weather. And if it's rain, you know, tell me how much and. Put a bunch of poop emojis like to tell us that it's like going to be a crappy week of weather. Three, four, five, six things might be enough to like dabble and get that experience. But to me, it still seems like it's a lot of work for something that might not be like juice is worth the squeeze kind of stuff.
1: It's funny. There's some real RSS diehards out there. I've had several people reach out like with my newsletter and stuff like that, where they're like, okay, but where's the RSS feed? Where there's people who like that's how they consume everything, that's how they add stuff to. Their kind of consumption cycle. And I totally get it. I do love the idea of getting off of a branded consumption feed and just running a digest through of the stuff that I want. Because right now, I got to jump out to so many different places to see all of the different things that I want, as opposed to piping all those through a single location. RSS, like, does feel old timey in some ways, but it's still the like aggregation mechanism that everybody uses. And so many of the things that we do and the businesses people create are simply different versions of aggregation. It's pulling stuff away together in a novel way. It's teasing out this helpful bit of information that people will pay for and aggregating that in a single place. Like there's so many versions of that where I think you kind of have to have RSS on your tool belt in terms of it being something you're aware of because there's a lot of situations where you can build a business around that where it may make your life easier. I don't know if sitting in a conversation like this, I'm like, yeah, I just need to do this and it's going to improve the quality of the stuff that I consume. It's definitely one of those things where you're like, okay, am I going to care three hours from now? But RSS is like something that I think needs to be in every automator's toolkit. So, in some ways, I feel about this like I feel like the facts episode where. <laughs> I'm not happy about it, but I'm still here because it's something that I need to know. And I get much more excited about the shiny objects. And this is not a shiny no-code object, but it's something that's like all around us. And I think we don't even notice it.
0: Yeah, it just reminds me again of like, maybe the easiest way to send all this stuff out is by using MailChimp or ActiveCampaign or MailerSend and just hooking up a... RSS-based email campaign. Like you don't have to be super fancy with like how you're distributing this out and using you know your Zaps and your operations and in Integromat or using N8N or something. Like it can be as easy as just the email that's sent out through Mailchimp. You know?
1: I did that for a couple of weeks in the old day when my newsletter was a little simpler. I set it up to just go out on a certain day with anything that got sent to that RSS feed, and I ended yeah. up going back on that because. I wanted to be able to add my own voice to it a little bit each week. Yeah. Otherwise it's like yet another feed, but honestly, like I'm paying for feeds like the like there's value in that. So if it's a struggle to like build out your client newsletter or something like that every month, like this may absolutely be a way to at least stage all of that stuff in a helpful way. If not, you know, totally automate how it goes out. You made it
0: to the end of this. I'm
1: really proud of you. <laughs> Chad, can you bring something a little more sexy next time? <laughs>
0: We always work on these like old timey fax letter mailings, like the last mile. We don't do fun stuff. We need to do yeah. like fancy tech next time.
1: What's the sexy automation happening right now?
0: It's got to be anything that people were doing manually before and it completely changed their day or their job. And that seems to have like the biggest umph, right like oh i used to have to key in these 7400 you know orders from my catering business into quickbooks and then the kitchen got it and we needed to print it out and then they needed to write on it and give it to the delivery person and now it's a form an auto print using like the rootific api to do root optimization sending that to the driver giving them the phone to you know say it's ready and delivered, and then having the credit card be charged or something. like That's the stuff that I get excited about. How about you?
1: Okay, so sexiness is not tool-based. Sexiness is you just flip that whole person's job on their head. It's like you just knocked out a whole bunch of work, whether it was a sexy means of doing so or not. It's like something they'll remember. Yeah, like something that like just totally impacted their day-to-day, and now they get to do cooler stuff. If you got those... And we talked about this in the document generation episode. There's so many stupid things happening that we forget about. And like, we hear stuff like this and we're like, oh my gosh, like we gotta go turn over that rock and find that thing. Bring us your stupid things. What are the silly things you've been wasting too much time on, or you've got a team member that spends like half their day a week on this thing and they're like, surely there's a better way? Bring them to us. Let's get sexy. Let's find those big meaty things (laughs) that we can, that we can knock out with RSS feeds and fax machines. Get a pager in there. Automation Town is hosted by Chad Davis and Jason Statz and edited by Paul O'Mara. Share your problems with us on Twitter at Chad Davis. Is it just Chad Davis? Yeah. And JStats CPA. How do you spell that? Stats, S-T-A-A-T-S. It's a palindrome, but it has CPA at the end, so it's not a
0: palindrome. Right. So if we're following along J-S-T-A-A-T-S-C-P-A. You did say it right.
1: If you're enjoying the pod, please leave Automation Town a review by submitting a note in person at the Automation Town Civic Center or sending a fax to 555 908 84